Luke. Oh, Gomer, besides your nosebleed, which I missed, you can't see me, can you? No, I can see your chest, which, you know what? It's enough for me. It's enough. It's enough. It's enough. When is it ever going to be enough for you, Gormley? <laughs> the oh. chest never ends and must be lived. It's true. So let us go forth to love and serve the Lord. Thanks be to God. Hallelujah. Luke, I'm bummed, man. Why? I'm bummed. Yeah, you, you, I, you said you were uh, not doing well when I sent you a text yesterday, and then I didn't follow up on that because, you know, bad friend. No, no, no. I sent it to you late at night. <laughs> you did, and I was up, and I was like, oh, no. He, but then you had your notifications. Silence. Yeah. I felt anxious about that. Yeah, it's all good. I, my water? Uh, yeah, Luke asked me, how you doing or something, and I said, shitty. Uh, just, just things, things that are out of my control. Whoops, I did not mean to do that. I sent a bunch of hearts to Luke on Skype. I don't know how Skype works anymore. Yeah, who does um, these days? Yeah. Uh, no, I, I I don't even know. We don't, I don't even know how to it. explain it. But, uh, yeah, over break, I, I spent all my time cleaning and organizing and in the garage doing all this overhauling and stuff. And like a gentleman? Of, like a gentleman, like a boss. But, you know, your old, uh, your old pal Gomer here realizes that um, – Good Lord, am I out of shape. Good Lord. And so now my... Hey, but your hair looks good. Your hair looks good. You have one little piece kind of like waving in front. You look good. <laughs> yeah. I uh, My right knee is just filled with an ungodly amount of pain. No. And I don't. Oh. I don't know why. Like, Is this what 40 I... is? Is this what um, Shannon was hiding from us? Yes. Yes, this whole time. Oh, years woman. and years and years she hit it. Years. <laughs> so old. She uh no, but uh it, it, it like hurts like so much that I took the elevator the other day to go upstairs at work one flight. Oh no. So I wouldn't have to hobble. Oh no. Yeah, like that kind of pain. Hey, so I'd like to tell you about a thing they have. Uh it's called science. And Ooh. there are these people who practice this ancient form called medicine. Okay, go and on. We call these people doctors. And they or can shamans. Yeah, and they can examine <laughs> these things and give you pills, and the pills feel so good. <laughs> the pills make the pain go away. And according to some people, they've seen so many places, they've seen so many faces, <laughs> something, something, blue and yellow, purple pills. What is that song? Remember, it's a D12 song with Eminem, who's in that rap group? Yes. Yes, that's right. With that guy who was from the movie, well, based on the character from the movie, and then he died, and something, something, something. Today I was at my daughter's gymnastics and I hear and I was like, whoa, whoa, it is 2001. That was the opening riff of, uh, oh gosh, now I'm forgetting the song. Not uh, Hanging by a Moment. Oh, I heard that in the car today. It came up on my Spotify playlist <laughs> and I didn't change it. Oh, I love that song. I love that band. I love that album. Lifehouse. That was a great album. It's one everyone was very excited about because they were kind of a Christian band, and then they their their like album sales were going down. They're like, "Yep, we sure are." P- please put us on Christian radio, please. Oh, is that what happened? I mean, kind of. I remember um, what's his name Carson Daly was interviewing him, and they said, "Oh, you know your new song, your new hit, you know, hanging by a moment." That's it. Uh, you know, huge song. I heard a rumor that it took you six minutes to write the whole song, lyrics and music and all. And he goes, yeah, I was driving home one night and I was just, you know, I just pulled over to the side of the road, something like that. And I just wrote it all down and, and gave it to my brother and he put the music to it. And uh, and he said, so who's the lucky girl that the song's about? And he goes, it's about Jesus. 
He's like, this is about my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And he was like, oh, well, it, you know, anyway, it's a great song. <laughs> anyway, like, uh, I was almost a priest. Anywho. Um, <laughs> I went to seminary for one year, and uh, <laughs> every Catholic is now trying to canonize me because I'm a celebrity. We got to stop doing that shit. We oh, listen, stop that was that. 20 years ago. You know, but I know. Well, obviously about him, but I mean, like everyone. I like, says I the this, people uh, who did twenty minutes on Sh- on Shia LaBeouf being speaking with, with Bishop Barron. Yeah, but like we got to stop canonizing people, especially people like that. <laughs> we yeah. have to. Yeah, we have to stop running. More like, it's Mel cool. Gibson's, please, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> it's cool when someone famous does that, but anyhow, anyhow, back to me and why I feel shitty. Oh, sorry. So, yeah, 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 your bad so, knee that you're not going to the doctor for. Well. Okay, so I might. <laughs> it's, it's so bad I might. You, you Th- these are the things that I need to do. I need to go to the dentist. I need to go to the doctor. And I need to go to uh, someone to talk about the, the old ADHD. Because, I don't know if you know this, Luke, but I think it's getting worse. <laughs> I, I, I have this um, theory that's, uh, that stress and life actually do make it worse. Yes. Um, I'm lying down. I shouldn't be doing this. Just keep your microphone at one place. I don't want to do that. Uh, but know. apparently also uh, with age, it does can take on a new form at times. If in, there's just, there are simple steps you can take to help with that. Sleep and hydration are apparently two big things. Yes. To that so I I'm say, trying to get more sleep, so I, we're, we're starting early I mean, for me. We were starting at 10 o'clock we, regardless. Oh, yeah. Damn it. <laughs> it did happen. We ended up starting right at the same time. Hey, anyway. listen. But in reality. Actually, we, one we minute late. We would have started at <laughs> One minute late. Let's be honest. If, if we hadn't tried to say, hey, let's do it early, we would have done it at 1030. Yeah. Yeah. No kidding. Uh, so anywho, my 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 great hope was, you know, new year, new me. So I've slowly been – we've been adding fitness stuff to the garage, and I've been actually using it. Well, that that have, is good, but that can also hurt your body if your body's something's wrong. So True. You should really true. go to a doctor. No, I don't want to. Luke. Yes, yes. Can't I fix myself and then go to the doctor? No, and then no. he'll say, "Good job, Gomer. Yeah, Here's hey, a gold hey, star." Hey, old Don, Don. It's oh. now's not the time to do this. Now's the time oh, to gosh. go to the doctor. Now's the time to take care of yourself. Are you using what I had to say to my dad against me? Uh huh. And you have. I have heard you say on this podcast in the past. I'm just like my dad. I don't. I don't want to go to the doctor. So I'm turning that against you. And I'm saying, be an adult. Not that your dad is an adult. Your dad's a badass adult who would uh, shame both of us. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, he's a wonderful man. Uh, he makes decisions and sticks to them for years, <laughs> years. and supports us on Patreon. Please don't stop! Oh gosh, <laughs> yeah. um, uh, I still require my parents' funding. <laughs> the deep way both of us do. Oh <laughs> uh, gosh, um, yeah. No, you should go to a doctor. And there's nothing. There's nothing wrong with that. It's just part. Listen, how many times have you heard a Merlin man and Dan Benjamin talk about getting old and needing to do stuff like this? It's just our time, man. It's it's our time. It's our time. If you're old enough to remember listening to Dr. Dre and Eminem in high school, it's time to go get your colonoscopy Listen, or what was it? Yeah. If anything, if any, if anything in life should have told us that we are old was when uh, everyone was complaining about the halftime show last year during the Super Bowl, except for people our age. Yes. It's because we are the old people the halftime show was for. Yes. Everything is for us. It's not for the kids, which is actually the theme of what I want to talk about here today, uh, which we will get to. It, it, it wasn't for the kids. It wasn't for the older. It wasn't for the older boomers. Our time is finally gone when it comes to the Atham Show. Thank God we don't have to see the Who being old and in wheelchair playing rock songs. Uh, we don't have to see Mick Dom Jagger in his saggy skin uh, moving his hips. Uh, <laughs> it's now our turn to see a flappy fifty cent hanging from a ceiling. <laughs> 
Hell yeah. Oh, I loved it so much. I, we got up and danced. So uh, we we yeah, loved it. We loved it. And then there was the uh, when Fifty Cent came on, we changed the channel because he had like because of the booty shaking. shaking. Yeah, yeah. I, w- when that started, I was like, oh, that's right. Uh, late of nineties, early two thousands rap, very objectifying. That's right. Yeah. That's right. And also current rap and R and B and rock and, <laughs> and, and new wave alternative <laughs> and retro wave. Not retro. So Actually, here's yes, retro a wave. funny side story. Wait, to wait, wait, wait. Are you, gonna, wait just, are you going to go to the doctor? All right. Yes. How about this? Yes. How As your this? business partner, I'm saying go to the doctor. We Will have you pay insurance. for it through yeah. the business? Yeah. Cha-ching. Oh. <laughs> All right, I'll talk to my wife about finding a doctor. She agrees with me on this, probably. No, she t- 100% does. Yeah. I Listen. mean, right now my nose is bleeding spontaneously, <laughs> and I have a tissue shoved up there. It's fine. Everything's fine. You're the one falling apart. I'm fine. <laughs> you can't. I am the one falling apart, but also. <laughs> <laughs> These are not mutually exclusive. Exactly. It's You're mutually the- assured. <laughs> Look, it's your turn to be the one whose life is crumbling. I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you put this on me. This is my time to shine. You this had is- 10 years. You had a 10-year run, Luke. This is Gomer's day. We had three hours. <laughs> Our podcast on the liturgy. We had another thing on the liturgy. We had this other thing on the liturgy. Oh gosh, you loved it so much, didn't you? Oh, I you did. loved it I so did. much. Our downloads plummeted, but your heart swelled. Yeah, the old inverse Grinch. Um, okay, so you. So can we just? I'm not going to feel good until you promise that you're going to go to the doctor. Yeah, I want to go to the doctor. I actually want to. Okay, I just want to do it. Maybe 25 pounds lighter. Shoot. That's not going to happen. I know. You're going to go, and they're going to say, hey, here's how you're going to help, how we're going to fix your knee. Here are the purple pills. Pills, pills, take your pills. Good. They're going to be like, son of a bitch, and then die. Is this Soma? Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> you, you uh, like, heard us. He, uh, those, those, were, those were his last words. Well, not if you count the gurgling. <laughs> Dumb and Dumber. It's great, everyone. Go, go watch it. Um, Indeed. Yeah. Indeed. Hey, uh, can I talk to you about your cool shirt? Because that's a cool shirt. Yes, let's talk about the cool shirt. So our wonderful patrons got us uh, a little gift. They signed a card, and another person involved in it, they like included some other gifts. The card was incredible. It was so nice. Uh, they sent it to both of us. Uh, it was really great. Uh, so to everyone on Patreon, on, to everyone who um, signed the card, who gave us, like, we got a cool, they gave us cool Me Without You shirts, some books. Uh, the Me Without You shirt is of their Catch for us the Foxes album. That's awesome. Yes, and it's got the uh, "Why not be utterly crushed into wine?" Oh, sorry, grape yes, on the vine. which is grape. my favorite mm-hmm. line. You've been gone a long time, man. I was listening to um, their song, one of their newer songs from that album. I haven't dived into as much. That came out in 2018. I think it's like Bethlehem, West Virginia, or something. Mm. On a West Virginia road, it's it's like you need to listen to it. It's there's a weariness to it that um, it it. It is a song written by someone in their late thirties that is reflecting on life. It, it gotcha. just and now again, this is where I am. But it just it sounds like that. There's just this worldly weariness to it. That's like, yep, I've seen some stuff, been through some things, and I've and it, there's but there's also this like this the tone has a wonderful acceptance, while also this sort of like um, prudent reflection on. You know, four decades of life. It's 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 good. It's really nice. is something, and it's it takes it's just a little. It's not as kind of like in your face as a lot of the other stuff, but the the tone and the whole thing. It's just it's great. Anyways, that was a long 
uh, <laughs> diatribe on a song, not about the gifts we got. But anyways, thank you to everyone on Patreon.com. Thank you for your con- it, continued it, support. It was so incredibly thoughtful. It was, um, yeah. The card that they sent, the stuff that people wrote, um, the the funny books that they bought. Uh, what books did you get? I got a book on uh, – one was a book on reflections on creativity and uh, the other one was on Winston Churchill. And I was like, thank you. You guys know me so well. So I got a book on Eusebius's Histories of the Church. And the other one was uh, How to Win at the Stock Market. <laughs> <laughs> it's just That's so, so man, we are. We have a brand and it is good. And a Catching Foxes mug or glass. Yeah, that was so, which I was like, oh, the quality of this glass is a little, maybe we should change our merch stores. <laughs> <laughs> much better. Uh, we'll, we'll get to that eventually. So uh, 2023, actually, again, thank you to all of our patrons at patron.com slash CF. That's patron.com slash CF. Um, thank you for that. That was very thoughtful. It was, a, it was just a way to, I just felt very loved. I felt very, very, very loved. So thank you guys. And uh, yeah, here we are for our eighth year. Eighth year. Eighth year of Catching Foxes. Isn't that crazy? And we've learned nothing. Oh, wait. No. Is it eight years? Yeah, yeah, eight years. Yeah. Eight, eight years. Eight years. Uh, eight years. Are you where you thought you'd be eight years ago? No. Far worse. <laughs> far worse. Uh. I don't know. Like, I don't have, I don't have five-year plans. Uh, I thought I'd be rich, naked on a beach somewhere. Mm-hmm. Somehow uh, with I was a woman, still in with the a picture. woman who's not my wife. Just kidding. No. Um, I don't know what I thought. Uh I think that one of the really difficult things working in church life is not job hopping. And I really do appreciate that with all my flightiness, I've been able to stay at St. Anthony's and just grow in my role, in my job, in what what I've done, what I failed to do. Um, Just all the things. And I'm so thankful to be there. And even with the changeover of clergy and with personnel and covid horribleness and and all the all the awfulness of rebuilding like we talked about before um and all the people who found out got a lot more haters uh (laughs) a lot more haters than i thought i had Uh, oh that's not true don't be so hard on yourself no no i don't mean in the world i mean uh, not online haters i mean uh yeah people at the parish i mean deep friends who have loved for years who just turns out no no, 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 that's, but, but that's going to happen yeah. regardless. It is. It is. It's just funny when you find out about it and you're like, ah, oh, well, I'm going to think about this for three days. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I prefer to not eat or sleep. But you know what? Uh, I feel, <sighs> I'm trying to think. I, um, every morning I wake up, I go downstairs, I get my cup of coffee, get my prayer on. And then my son, Noah, usually the first one down. And he comes right downstairs and he stares at the TV because he wants to play Minecraft and or he wants to watch NFL uh, key plays. And instead, he puts his glasses on, sighs, and sits down next to me. And he grabs his Harry Potter and the and the Order of the Phoenix or whatever it's called. And he he doesn't like it. He's slogging through. He loves the first. He loved the first book. Liked the second book. Liked less the third book. Liked even less the fourth book. He's a true jock. 
He is. He's a true jockey. He's like, Where's what the is pictures? This? Where's the pictures? This is, this is getting okay. We get it. You have feelings, Harry. Okay, we get it. You fit, you want things. Maybe you don't. want a you want a surrogate father. He's gonna die. Be thankful for all the things you have. You have loads of money. You have a free education. You live in a castle. Your life is fine. Relax. You have a bed that has drapes that cover all four sides. The most powerful man in the world is extremely invested in your life. You're good. Maybe shockingly so. Maybe actually, you know what? That's a red maybe, flag. Double door is a red flag. Maybe in hindsight, we should be a little bit concerned. But uh, <laughs> maybe, maybe we need to get uh, old Dumbledore in the little CGM uh, safe environment training. I'm just saying. Yeah, maybe like, hey, you know, uh, yeah. Uh, oh, oh no! What just happened? That was my fault. Okay. I saw a feature and clicked it. <laughs> it said <laughs> captions. Oh. It could do closed captioning. Precious, precious ADHD. Does your impulsivity know no bounds? <laughs> Uh, oh, I bought a Camaro. Just kidding. My impulsivity <laughs> does no bounds. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. So, and we read for 30 minutes because the rule is during Christmas break, you have to read for 30 minutes and you have to be physically active, exercise, whatever, for 30 minutes. And then with Noah, you don't have to worry about that. So, for Christmas, you got them all Fitbits. And um, I kept having problems setting up the family account. So, I got it all figured out, set it all up, got all four Fitbits set up, give it to the kids. Last night, and they're all like, oh, I'm going to do sleep tracking, but they just turn the sleep mode on and not mm-hmm. sleep tracking. That's funny. Um, <laughs> and then in the morning, they wake up, and Noah comes downstairs, and he's just reading, and Thomas comes downstairs, and he's reading. What is Thomas reading? Uh, the Odyssey comic book that Look we have for you. the kids. Look at yeah, you. And we have all the classics and comic books. We have them all. It's every so one they've been published. Um, and then all the Lion and Lamb book club stuff um, from Catholic.store. We have all of those, like, saint comic books and stuff. And they plow through them. They do a great job. So Thomas read the Odyssey, and then he grabbed another one. I can't remember. And then we went outside. And before I left, Noah goes, huh, 5,000 steps. I'm like, it's only been like an hour and a half. <laughs> and then when I came home for lunch, he's like, Daddy, I'm at 10,000. I'm like, what? And then uh, we – oh, no, it was when I came home for dinner. Yeah, that's what it was. It was 2,000 steps and then and then 10,000 when I came home for dinner. And then after dinner um, – I was joking with my wife, like she had all the steps done and I didn't, and because uh, I just sat on my ass and talked with people in meetings all day. But uh, good meetings. But uh, I go out with Noah and I start with Cecilia, and we're just walking around in the backyard. And uh, <laughs> Noah comes out and he's like, he asked me questions about Al Qaeda. He asked me questions. <laughs> he's like, Daddy, why did the terrorists blow up the trade centers? I was like, Oh, 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 oh well, it was an inside job. <laughs> oh boy. Son, can I talk about antiwar.com for 45 uh, minutes while you're <laughs> sitting on a bed in, in Eureka, California, wondering what you're doing with your life? Yeah, it was awesome. So that's what you're saying. Yes, it rem- reminds you of the good old days. Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, so man. we're walking around. Sweet, sweet 2009. <laughs> well, I was talking to him because my son is like all things football and yeah, all yeah. things sports, right? And so we're walking around, and uh, I tell him the story of one of the people that I talked to that day is a minor league baseball player. And it's just a really cool story where this guy in high school, his whole life became baseball. And baseball, fame, popularity, you know, getting it with all the hot chicks and uh, getting money. That's all he wanted. And then his senior year, he's like, wow, this sucks. This life sucks. This is an empty, crappy life if all you want is popularity and hot chicks and money. 
And he, this guy, all on his own, right, came to this realization. He's just such a good dude. And he was like, so I started going back to church, which I stopped doing because I was, you know, doing baseball and tournaments and all this stuff in high school. Mm-hmm. And now he's a minor league ball player, and he looks like he's going to be progressing up to the next level and all this stuff. And he's like, he's like, I got all these people in my life, you know, that the ball club, you know, supports, you know, the, you know, all the trainers and coaches and stuff. And he goes, but I don't have anyone that can counsel me in my Catholic life. And that's what I want you to do. And I'm like, cool. Okay. Well, what books do you get? And he goes, oh, every book you mentioned in class, I've purchased. And I'm like, oh, okay. This is going to be this kind of thing. This is going to be awesome. Now we're talking. Yeah. So I gave him about five new titles. And uh, and then he just asked a bunch of questions. And it was so I was telling Noah about this. And he's like, well, why wasn't he happy if he had all those things? And I was like, because you're made for more than just these fleeting things. Even though they might be good, they're not good enough for the human heart. The human heart wants more. And he's like, huh. So did he find it when he found the Lord? That's what he said, his words. And I was like. True son of charismatics. <laughs> and I was like, the Lord. No, it would be L-A-W-D. No, and it, so we just had this like kind of frank and honest conversation. And then he said, Dad, can you tell me a story of, of heroes that save people's lives? And I was like, what are you talking about? And he's like, well, like you had that friend who pulled the people out of one of the Twin Towers when it was falling. I was like, oh, yeah, Bill Hem. Yeah, he, my brother's best friend growing up. He saved like 20 people's lives and carried someone out of the building as it's falling down. And he just ran for like, you know, two miles. And the last words he said to his wife when she called frantic, he was like, oh, don't worry, honey. The plane hit the first tower or the other tower. I'm fine. I'm in the second tower. And then the second plane hit. Wow. And their phone gets cut off by the second plane hitting and all this stuff. And then he just runs and gets all these people to safety. And then, then he said, well, Daddy, why did those people do that with the planes? And wasn't there like four planes? Like this one that's going for the White House or something? And so we talked about it. And then he said, uh, why would someone do that? Why, what do they think? And I was like, well, well, it starts with U.S. interventionism <laughs> into global politics. No, I'm just kidding. I said. Uh, <laughs> the thought crossed your mind. Yeah, I, was, I started laughing in my head. And I said, oh, I'm going to tell Luca, talk to Noah about Al-Qaeda. Uh, but I started to, I was like, so there's this, there's another religion called Islam. And people who are who belong to Islam are called Muslims. And he's like, yeah, I've heard of them. And I said, right, of course you have, because I'm a badass and I teach you about world religions. Uh, and I said, uh, right. And the two biggest branches are called Sunni and Shia. And and I started to go, and then Thomas came out, and then we started talking about like farts and poop and stuff. And so I didn't get to finish. But don't worry, I've been taking notes. Oh, I, I'm I have so, a PowerPoint is, ready. How fun is that? That's so <laughs> fun. Spontaneous learning in the Gormley House. <laughs> Here's a book called The Looming Tower. Now, I don't agree with all of the presuppositions <laughs> contained herein, but it's well-researched. Son, uh, and somehow this is all going to end with Ron Paul. It all makes sense <laughs> in a bit. The energies of Ron Paul prevented another tragedy. And somehow you, you just ended by going, and that's why we should be on the gold standard. <laughs> and the Fed! And the <laughs> Fed! Reject the road! To serfdom. Aren't some of her ideas vehemently anti-Catholic? Shut up, nerd. The Road to Serfdom. Ann Rand or whatever. Oh, The Road to Serfdom is written by F.A. Hayek, and it is beautiful. Okay, sorry. Ayn Rand wrote, uh, what? I mean, she wrote a bunch of stuff. Atlas Shrugged or whatever. I don't know. Atlas Shrugged. I read that (laughs) via audiobook in one weekend. Each... It was divided Gosh. into four and a half books. Each book was like 25 hours. This is just like, that was our 20, like, all yeah. the 20-year-olds were obsessed with Jordan Peterson. That was us in 2009. Yeah, obsessed with, well, I, what were we obsessed with? Libertarianism. 
Okay, there we go. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when you subscribe to the anarcho capitalism uh, subreddit, you know you've got a problem. So <laughs> that's, you, just, that's where I was. You contribute for a annually to the Ludwig von Mises Institute <laughs> at Auburn. When you Even have a though book. you disagree with a lot of the stuff, you realize, well, it's either them or uh, the Beltway Libertarians at the, uh, what's it called, the Cato Institute. And don't get me started about those <laughs> ugh, compromisers. When you do a weird book dive over the summer of 2011, you buy a book called. <laughs> Uh, against intellectual property, you know you really, you really just uh, sunk to a new low. The the girls are going to be lining up to date you if you are single. Lining up, I say, lining up. Well, so funny thing about you saying that is, um, you know, I'm a big Audible user, and I ran out of credits because I bought all my books for this <laughs> this December, and uh, I pre-ordered the next book, which I'm very excited about, but uh, it doesn't come out till January 10th. Not that I wrote it in my calendar or anything. But uh, I opened up Apple Books to see if they have, like, cheaper price audiobooks. And they do. They actually have a ton of, of like, nine ninety five audiobooks. But I opened it up, and I was like, library. Let me see what's in my library. And it was all these – number one, it was tons of Austrian economics books yeah, from yeah. 2011. Tons of them. <laughs> if you ever economics want to see where you lesson. were, like – in from 2008 to 2012 or so, just look yes. at your iTunes purchase history for music or books. Yes, <laughs> it's just like yes. Oh, and remember iTunes yeah. University? Uh huh. Oh All yeah. Of that. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Uh, I was taking grad school classes in 2009, and I would leave class. I would do like two hours worth of reading, and then I'd do like six hours worth of libertarian political commentary. Oh, anywho, so let me just finish it. So I pull up. Oh, sorry. And, you know, we're having, I'm having a lot of stuff at work, like we talked about last time, like focusing on meetings, focusing on these things. And I realized I had the audiobook by Patrick Lencioni, um, Death by Meeting. And I was like, oh, this is great. I didn't realize I had this, I didn't realize I owned it. So I listened to it. Then the next night, I got like three hours of sleep, and I couldn't sleep anymore. Uh, I fell asleep at 8 p.m., and I woke up at 11, basically power-napped, and couldn't fall asleep until like 5.30 and had to get up at 6, 6.30. So I um, listened to – so I finished Death by Meeting. Then I listened to Five Dysfunctions of a Team, mm-hmm. plowed through that. Then the next night, again, I got like three and a half hours of sleep. Don't know why. So I plowed through five dysfunctions of a team, death by meeting. Oh, what's that? Politics, silos, and turf wars. Plowed through that. And then today I did uh, – last night and the, this morning I did the, the motive, which is about people who become leaders in an organization. What is the true motive for becoming a leader? And then this, uh, today I, I pulled up the last one, which is called uh, the ideal team player. So that's what I was listening to. While I was uh, gearing up for this, so I'm like on this like business book binge from starting from like 2011 or something like that. Oh, you know what? If there's a if there's ever a period I would like to revisit in terms of things I was into and just like like hobbies and culture, yeah. you could do worse than 2011 uh, to like say 2013. You really could. there there was some good stuff. Yeah, there's some really good. There's some. There's a lot of good music. There's a lot of good movies. There's a lot of good books. It's, it was a good time. It was a really good time. good time. You bought the novelization of Episode Three of Star Wars in 2008, and we took turns reading that every time we pooped in the bathroom. That was 2005. We were in college. Oh, that was 2005. You're right. I was yeah. way off. You bought it, or, or did I buy it? It was before the you movie came out. You bought it. I bought it. Gosh, what yeah. is wrong with us? So many things. Like here's. But that was the best of the three. That's true. Here's the thing. Like I think sometimes people think we're these ultra ultra nerds. Can't imagine why. 
<laughs> but like, it's not like we were in college sitting. How we were talking about Star Wars, but it's not like what we did. It's just what we talked no. about then. Yeah, it's it's so it's such a weird like. Yeah. We really are not trendsetters. We are just little people who just love to be engaged with things that seem cool at the time. Yep. Yep. <laughs> we are so classic followers. <laughs> I went to. Uh, can I can I share an Uncle Wade story really quick, please? So I was in uh, Please. your old boy, Luke, was out in Phoenix during Christmas break. It was wonderful. Uh, Christmas Day wasn't crazy because of the airport, but whatever. Um, yeah, that yeah, 10 hours at the airport with a toddler who did amazing. I'll say Everly was – she could have been way worse. She was incredible. Um, in the middle of like the snowpocalypse. Yeah, it was just nuts. So uh, – we um so I have an afternoon where my uh, gift to Aunt D, old I'm um, friend of the podcast Aunt D, was to spend time with me because I was like, look, I can get you this one. Like I was like, D, um, what do you want? I was like, here's this because I had her for our um, family drawing, and so I was like, there's this wine podcast that I love called um, Wine for um, Normal People. They do these online courses. I could give you two. That would that would be enough for like, or like limit, but like, would you want that? Because like. You got Wade. Wade knows everything there's to know about everything. Yeah. So, and she's like, no, because he just tells me what wine I like and he buys it and I just, I'm drinking. I don't like, don't, I mean, so she was like, honestly, what I would, I'm really love, which is most important to me right now is just time, just time with you guys. And I was like, well, how about we just hang out for like an afternoon? And we'll just, she goes, that would be wonderful. That's all I would want. So me, her and Wade went and got drinks at this bar, which turned into at like three, which turned into us drinking until 1030 <laughs> until <laughs> your old boy got a little sick. <laughs> A little sick. 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 <laughs> I'm not saying it ended with me crying on the floor because I missed the dog that, that um, Emily was watching. I was like, oh, son, he's gone. I get to say goodbye. <laughs> but that oh, may have happened. Lord. Oh, good Lord. <laughs> oh, Luke. <laughs> well, they had these really good wine, and I just we didn't eat, get a chance to eat dinner yet. So, But anyways, I was talking with Wade. And he was just like, somehow we, I don't know how we got to this. We were talking about Gen Z and millennials. And he goes, okay, no, no, you understand. Because he works for some consultant group now that does like a ton of research. He goes, I want you to understand how people view your age group specifically. Yeah. <laughs> and again, for people who might be, uh, it might be brand, I'm into the podcast. Uncle Wade is Aunt D's husband. Uncle Wade is incredibly smart, photographic memory, probably the smartest person that I have ever um, ever like met Agreed. he's Agreed. done incredible things he was part of the group for years that helped apple get the little thing that, that like connects to your phone on the power cord wade made that happen uh just like insane <laughs> just this dude just you know he just knows insane stuff and he goes i want you to know how much people don't care about your age group specifically older millennials <laughs> and he goes your age it's like late like late so you're like your mid to late um, 30s early 40s like us pretty much he goes yeah. you guys are so selfish you are so self-obsessed you just don't give a shit about anything other than yourself so that all like like basically all these marketing groups now have just skipped over you and have gone to like gen z and younger millennials because you just don't matter <laughs> and i was like what what <laughs> What do you mean we don't matter? He goes, all you can think about is yourself. And I was like, what are you talking about? I have a podcast. Wait, have you heard of it? <laughs> and Anywho, like, it's time you joined. Uh, it's time you joined Patreon.com. Yeah. Uh, Here's why me and Gomer think you are wrong about the iPad. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, awesome. that was an inside joke from like seven episodes, seven years ago um, yeah. on our show. So, anyways, yeah, it was a good break. I don't know what what are we. I I, I have a topic, and it actually ties in with like this. 
if you Does want to go down that with road. Pope Benedict dying and me being very sad about that? No, but we do need to talk about that. I have a guest for the show who's going to come on to talk about that. I do not want to say who yet because I just want to make sure we can get it con- we can get it confirmed. But he is an expert in. Um, Pope Benedict, if you have been a fan of the show for a long time, it's a name you're going to recognize, but it's not a popular Catholic name. It's a name that probably should be popular in Catholic circles, but is not. Shockingly more popular in Jewish circles. (laughs) (laughs) And I am thrilled to have him on the show. He's been my white own whale. He was always like, I don't listen. I'm not going to go on your show. But I'm going to try to get him on one time, and he was like, I need more time to prep. And so... um, yeah. No, you don't. I guess <laughs> no, no, you don't. <laughs> no, uh, so uh, we're going to have my buddy on the show. I want to say his name so badly. To, here, I'll type it in the chat. Do you know who I am I'm talking about? Yeah, I know who you're talking about. Okay. Well, never mind. So, uh, again, <laughs> if you're a longtime um, listener of the show, it's a name you'll instantly um, recognize. There'll be tons of – you'll see that all of my great insights, and everyone just goes, oh, Luke, wow. You'll see where I stole them from, like, directly. Yeah. Yeah. So it's uh, get excited, everyone. So we'll and I yeah, but I because uh, I thought it'd be I really wanted to talk with uh, with a person who uh, was the Benedict expert, but like not your kind of go to ones that are, might be making some of the social media rounds. So yeah, yeah, I think that would be great. Yeah, I missed the Requiem Mass our parish celebrated today. I had a little crisis at work, and so uh, I was drinking a cup of coffee, and I looked up and I was like, "Ah, oh, Mass is in five minutes," and I was like, "Son of a gun." Oh, well, Could, love this coffee. Could go to Madison, just I'm um, not received, but, you know. Yeah, no. <laughs> That's perfectly fine to do that and very acceptable. Probably good practice. Yeah, if you're like a 13th century Italian Catholic. If saint. you're someone who understands the dynamics of the Mass and its, and its it, purpose and intent. And its culmination in Holy Communion. Yeah, but you're not going to Mass just for Communion. No, but it is the culmination of it. Yeah, but like it's okay to go and not receive. True. I'm a big proponent of, of this, actually. I am not. Why? Well, if you're capable of receiving, you should receive. Agree. Agree. Uh, yeah. No, I, t- I totally agree. And if you're agree. in the state of sin, then you should not receive. And those are my only criteria for reception. No, no, I'm, I'm just saying. I think it's. I think. I think some people will not go to daily mass because they are. They haven't been able to get to confession yet. Or oh yeah, like no, no, like no. And I would, I'm like, would, yeah, 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 yeah. That's all. No, that, I, I'm not saying go and receive. I'm saying just go to go to mass regardless. Like if if you haven't done the fast, don't receive, and just go to mass. Yeah, you know what? Maybe I could have. <laughs> I'm just trying to call you out, Gilmer. I'm just trying to call you. Hey, listen, man, <laughs> brother. I'm just tr- I'm just trying. You know, I'm just trying to help. You know what? You're you. holding me accountable. You are. You're I'm holding just, me I'm accountable. Just trying to be a brother in Christ. I, uh, you know what? You are. And I let excuses come in, and I yeah, yeah. No, it's don't, don't be don't 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 look <laughs> stop it. <laughs> I say I love him and I did not even go to his requiem. You were <laughs> But there's another requiem tomorrow at a different church. So No, I, I would yeah, I have not been able to do any, any of that stuff and I, w- I would like to. I think it would be very nice because I I, I am, think yeah. Sorry, you go. No, no. I'm just I uh yeah, I mean, it was coming. So I think it's probably why I'm a little bit like, yeah, like it's it sucks, but I think like I mean, my gosh, like well done, good and faithful servant. Like what more could you have asked for? Oh, gosh. I'm going to miss him. Anyhow, I'll save it for the episode where we have our mysterious guest on. Yeah. Uh, my, uh, my, heart, my heart is very sad to see him go. No, oh, oh, I was yeah. packing up my Ratzinger slash Pope Benedict books from my office at Worky Work and bringing them here. And I was you know, packing them all up. And I was like, you know what would be a cool series? 
to do like the philosophy and theology of Pope Benedict slash Colonel Ratzinger for the parish and just give like three or four one hour talks on it and you know like what he meant and tie it into the Eucharistic revival because he has so many books on the you know spirit of the liturgy feast of faith yeah um I could spin it into another three hour long liturgy podcast you know whatever <laughs> you know, <laughs> what what happens well, I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm see what happens you know who knows cool no right. I think I mean that's a good topic. idea blow my mind what's the topic the old Luke was reflecting on some stuff he was I'm thinking about some some things uh and I started thinking about did your parents ever watch the big chill or did they ever have that soundtrack when you were growing up no I don't, okay. I don't even well, know what that is. Point of reference is going to be very lost. Uh, there's a soundtrack that a lot of boomer parents had to a movie called The okay. Big Chill. And it contained songs from like when they were a kid, I don't know, something like that. And it's one of these like generational films that like boomers like, oh, yeah, that's my thing. Or something to even, um, I think, a film like Forrest Gump for a lot. I think that's actually what's, what um, got, this, got this thought going in my mind of – like to a certain extent, the film Forrest Gump is that kind of mid midlife crisis that people already are starting to have. People in their late thirties are reflecting on their on their past like forty years. So at that point in time, there was you know pe- people, my parents' age, my parents would have been when Forrest Gump came out. What like ninety four, I think, or ninety two? They would have been their mid to late thirties, uh, which is I believe the age of the character in in that show. So it's just again, it's like a reflection on their own lives and kind of starting. Um, you know, the end of a young adulthood and going into into middle age. And I started to think about, okay, so what are, what are, what's the millennial, like, you know, um, Gen X kind of had that with uh, Before Us Sunrise and a couple of other things that that's a little bit different, but there have been some films that are kind of like the, um, the Gen X version of that. And I was thinking, what are the millennial versions of that? Like, now's the time. Where where are these? I'm like, huh. I like, and then I thought, like, there aren't any. And, like, what does that um, say about us? And then I had this thought. I was like, holy shit, there was one. Do you know what I think that one is? So this is a movie mm-hmm. that has a soundtrack? No. That is basically a ref- – the, the, like, the, now, when you have a movie, quite often the soundtrack – this is not so much anymore, but it used to be a part of the movie experience. Yeah. So we would associate the soundtrack with the film and, and the film with the soundtrack. Forrest Gump isn't unnecessarily like that. The Big Chill is. Um, I mean, The Big Chill, I'm looking at, uh, I'm on YouTube. I heard it through the grapevine, My Girl, Good Lovin'. So it's a lot of songs. Uh, Joy like, to the World. Yeah, when they were kids. Natural Woman by Aretha Franklin. I mean, yeah. these are. Like when they were kids in like early high school kind of thing, you know? Yeah. So a movie. So I, you would say that Forrest Gump is for slightly older people or for it older was, people? At that point in time, when, when Forrest Gump comes out, it's a film. Now, again, it's a, it's a much more broader film than The Big Chill. The Big Chill, I believe, is kind of like that boomer nostalgia, put it into my veins kind of thing. Uh, and I think Forrest Gump, to a certain extent, is that as well for for that age group. I, I meant to ask my mom this, and then I then I then I forgot. Um, so, Mom, okay. Marie, and D, if you are listening, just tell me what you think. I was thinking, like, where's the millennial version of that? And I was like, we don't have it. I was like, I wonder what, the, what that says about us. And then I thought, well, maybe we actually kind of do, and I'm not sure it's a good thing. I okay. think that movie. Oh wait, do okay. it. Let me give me give me give me give me a hint. What? How old were we? Uh, we when that movie came out, uh, we would have been thirty six, thirty seven. We would have been on uh, thirty six. I would have been on uh, thirty six. You would have been. You would have been thirty seven. We did a whole pod. Uh, I mean, I don't want to. It's wh- huh. what other hints can I give you? I don't know. I'm trying to think. When I was thirty-seven, 
Mm-hmm. So three, four years ago. Oh, is it Guardians of the Galaxy? No. No? We would have been a little bit younger. That was 2014. Oh. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's Avengers Endgame. Endgame came out yeah. three years ago? Yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. 2019. Inf- Infinity War was 2018, I believe. What was the music? Like, I don't know. No, no. Think... So, the, oh, okay. okay. The one, this, I wouldn't say that the music is, just, is really a part of that, per se, the way that it was in the Big Chill. Yeah. But it's, it's the film itself, and the soundtrack is, is a, is, can be a big part of that, but it's the film itself that is that sort of nostalgia piece or that yeah. generational, I wouldn't say Everyone in crisis, our generation will, that movie will be something that's. Yeah, it's a generational. Let me put it this way: it's a generational reflection point. Okay, and I don't think we have that for our generation, but I, th- I think, I think, oh, in the way that is, that is like as on the nose to say something like Forrest Gump or The Big Chill was, but yeah. I think Endgame served that purpose, and I was like, ooh, what does that say about us? Because we all saw like when, like when when Endgame and when Infinity War came out, there was this huge reflection on the past 10, 10 years. We did a whole thing about how, yeah. at the end of it, you know, when you see all the characters at Tony Stark's at um, his funeral, you, I just thought back to, like, where I was when I saw that movie, where I was when I saw that, and just, I was like, I think this is kind of our generation's version of that, and I'm like, I don't know if that's a good thing. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I, I don't know if I can think of a movie that, def- because to me, it would have to be your college years. Like somewhere in, I would say, in your twenty to twenty-five. When you get when, after what, when you get that movie, yeah. Or, no, I don't know because, like, okay, so let's say, okay, so I think the big the big chill may have been that for boomers. Nineteen big chill was nineteen eighty-three. Okay, so yeah, so that makes sense. Like my par- our parents would have been like my parents would have been, your parents were I believe like ten years older than mine, right? Give or take. Yeah, my parents are in their seventies. Yeah. Yeah. So um, my mom in eighty-three when I was born, she would have been thirty. I hope she's not mad at me saying this. Uh, she totally is. She totally is. <laughs> yeah. So, so you're like, saying I'm not one people think it's like a woman's age yeah. is a big deal until I was like, oh wait, it is for them because because it's like they would have been like young, like young, like in their twenties. Yeah, twenties, twenty. I'd say twenty to thirty are these generational. Breaks. No, but then you have a thing like um, Forrest Gump, which comes out in um ninety two. They're a little bit older. They're more in their thirties. You got a bit of life. You're doing a little bit of kind of that uh, of that uh, of that Bethlehem on um, West Virginia song I was talking about or whatever. Ninety four. Uh, yeah. Okay. So like, um, you, that is like R H. Like where you're where you've again you've you've lived a bit of life. So you, like again the, the whole point is like this is the movie that provides that it's a reflection point for you that you've hit this point where the actual um, film itself is a means to reflect on your life and all the things that have happened where you are at this point in time. Yeah. Okay. And I think that. Every generation, Gen X probably there's probably some. If I gave some more thought to this, which is again like why why do that? Um, there are some films that I think have probably provided that for them, like things like again I think I said before Up Sunset or before Evening. I don't remember those those those, those are three films that uh, they're all the same characters. And they've done like a film every ten ten or uh, fifteen years. It's a whole a Gen X thing. Um, Wait, are last... you talking about the soundtrack? I'm no, I'm, I'm, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> You're even listening to me. Um, <laughs> But anyways, my my beautiful point though is a film that provides some type of a reflection yeah. point. I mean, I could give our you age that. group hasn't really had that. Instead, we've just been getting like Ghostbusters, huh? <laughs> <You know>? and, <laughs> and and Star Wars, huh? 
Uh, and we're like, yes, please. Yes, please. Yes, please. And it's all instead of a point to really look back on our youth or just trying to give our youth back to us. Yeah. And I think Endgame if, is the only thing I can think of that kind of provided that. And I just I get concerned that <laughs> we basically have no culture. Yeah. Because well, thinking, pop culture is fine, but it's not like when it's your main thing, that might be a problem. Thinking of what you said, it's funny because um, I was uh, Justin Bieber's baby came on today in my in my kids' gymnastics, right? And there was a handful of like high school girls who are gymnastics coaches, and they were singing every word and dancing to it. And I was like, "Oh gosh, that's funny. That song was probably super popular when they were like eight or six or something, mm-hmm. you know." And then. Um, and then Hanging by a Moment came on, another a Green Day song. I walk alone, I walk oh, alone. Yeah. Isn't that Green yeah. Day? Yeah. Boo. Yeah, like later Green Day. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, thank you. Yeah, no, they're terrible. Um, but like a handful of these songs came on that were nostalgic for me. And then they, you know, these people don't know them. But I was, the thing that stuck out was that comment that we had on that one episode a long time ago where um, we were talking about erasing our future. About that Marxist critique yeah. of, yeah, yeah, of yeah, yeah, yeah. corporate media, corporate that I music. still love, <laughs> and I, yeah, I mean, I, th- I think it's a pretty insightful. But the the realization that you can have music that was popular when I was twenty one and now I'm forty, and it still sounds like, for the most part, that it could be played on the radio today, mm-hmm. and it yep. wouldn't yep. like you can't just peg it. And hell, Ludacris is rapping on Baby. <laughs> like, <laughs> It's the um, same thing over Ludic- and over again. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and, and this is – so I read this really interesting article on the World Cup, and they were saying why have all the World Cups for the past 20 years, why have they looked the same? When you go before that, each of the World Cups kind of have this distinct feel to them when you see, when you see a picture or you, or, you, or you see an image from them. Typically, they're of the games themselves, but uh-huh. so they're, they're some sort of screenshot pretty much, or they might be yeah. a – um, a a, a um, abstract photograph. Um, but one of the one of like they they were one of the arguments that they said of why of this is happening is one cameras have gotten so good that in order for things to pop they like er, like everything just looks the same now because all the equipment is so good. That's that's probably the easiest way to ex, to ex, explain. It. So you lose a bit of that distinct point in time this feels this almost looks like a thing from this era right here because everything looks looks the same because the outfits that people are, are all wearing in order for them to pop on camera they look the same a lot of the colors that are being used to pop they like they look the same now there's um the the medium has essentially in most people's eyes perfected itself and so there's nowhere to go, and there's no way to really feel that it is of a certain uh, time. So we have lost, like, again, it's like the death of the future. And when you don't ha- like when your future, when the future comes, it just feels like the past because there's nothing new about it. There is nothing distinct. Everything is just kind of this could be 2002. It could, sorry, it could be 2022. It could be from 2014. It could be from 2010. Who cares? Yeah. It all looks the same. But then that kind of pulls away from the unique aspect of each thing. And I, and I, and that's why I think, like, when I, when I think back to like, where's our reflection point movie? There could be one that I'm missing. 
I don't actually think that this is necessarily the Wade might might be right. That's an indictment of our age as much as it is. Um, it's, it's like our is our generation the way that we are because we're all just just a bunch of assholes. Or is there actually something about the way that things are made right now that have conditioned us to a certain ex- extent to to be this way where we actually don't. Um, have really like we don't have a distinct culture. Yeah, I, I don't know if we don't have a distinct culture, but I will say it's interesting because, you know, the baby boom generation really amplified the notion of individual ex- self-expression, right? That was like part of the zeitgeist of that culture was self-expression, you know, um, and and it was anti-authoritarian, anti-older people, don't trust anyone over 30, so ageist. Uh, but that notion of um, of like the younger people, and there was so much rebellion and revolution in the air. And one of the things that's interesting is how much the corporation in in the wonderful PBS documentary, The Merchants of Cool, they're outside uh, a uh, what do you call it, um, insane clown posse concert, and they're they're a bunch of corporate goons, right, walking around taking photos of people in, like, gas masks and dudes wearing fishnet mm-hmm. and arm stuff. And she was taking pictures of their tattoos with, the, like, the world's shittiest digital camera from back then. It was so funny. But um, they're doing all this stuff because they're the merchants of cool. So you have they have to find the people pushing the bleeding edge of rebellion, and then they have to turn it into – they have to turn rebellion into mass market appeal. And it's this ever-moving thing, right? It's ever-moving. It's ever changing. It's constantly pushing, and um, the corporate move makes the cool thing no longer cool because now it's mass, right? Mass market, mass appeal, mass whatever. All of its hard edges are slightly softened, sure, sure. so that, and that's that's the medium is the message part, right? Like that's the context, right? They are trying to sell cool, but when you mass produce it and sell it at Target, it's not cool anymore. Right, it can't be cool because it's being produced by people in boardrooms and blah blah blah. So that idea of the very flattening of our culture is coming from this corporate thing. I mean, you even have this in Vatican too, where these this you know one of the bishops said, you know, our, our uh, I think we're living in increasingly small world where you know people from all these different cultures no longer wear their traditional folk clothing, but all the teenagers wear blue jeans, and it's true. Like it's annihilated pop culture and mass culture have annihilated folk music, folk costumes for the most part. And, and, and so to be we clear, were, when you say like folk, you don't mean like guitar mass. You mean like of the <laughs> yeah. people. Yeah. Yeah. What, what what you find in the world music section at your local Barnes and Noble CDs. Uh, but so when you look at that perspective, what does it do to our own culture? Well, I mean, it's it's just a commodification of every freaking thing that we have. So we don't. So it's an anti culture, really. And so um, the next thing I was going to say about our artists is we also got our generation comes right before the smartphone was a part of our lives in high school and in college. So when we are doing creative endeavors, our creative endeavors are not like starting a YouTube channel, building a TikTok brand, whatever. So it's like the younger generation, they're able to do their self-expression digital, you know, mass platform, social media, digital 
And we are in between those things, right? We're in between the predecessor culture, so we're just riding the corporate culture, and we're not a part of the – or, we, you know, I mean, we can be a part of it now. But it's not woven into the fabric of our generation. It's woven into younger people. Yep. And they have that self – they at least have those avenues of, of radical self-expression that hasn't been real since the 70s, right? Well, but I think one thing that's interesting about this, though, is that because um, I agree with you about like the boomer being an, an anti-authoritarian culture, but I don't think that that is the. It's not like before that for hundreds of uh, hundreds of years you had this uh, homogenous like just blob of like you know um, whatever. There are distinct art- artistic artistic movements. There are. Um, radical trends in fashion that come and go over the span of like you know ten ten years or so. There's um, there's even world trade going on at this point in time. You know it's not the way that it is now, but it's like you know it's not like we just discovered over the past four or five decades how to trade with China. We've been doing that for hundreds of years. Yeah, um, I think what's Unique about, I, I think you're right. What's kind of what's kind of um, weird about all this is that the way that is when the medium becomes the message. Sometimes what tends to, I, I do wonder, like what has what gets what gets lost is the folk part. Yeah, because it just becomes mass entertainment for all. There's no local custom anymore. Right. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. There's no local custom, local dress, local whatever, and it's not that fashions don't change. But when you live in a – if you take it out of the context of Western Europe and you put it into the context of Africa, Aboriginal, Australia, um, the Amazon, right? You put it in those perspectives, um, even you know the mountain regions of Central Europe, like what do we mean when we talk about fashion when people literally wear the same clothing for centuries? And they wear – because their clothing – was a part of their place in the higher in the social hierarchy. I, I don't I don't know if I would agree that they were wearing the same thing for almost centuries because there's a pretty radical change like in fashion from if you look at colonial America to even let's say eighteen thirties, eighteen like, you know, that sort of um the like the wig, the powdered you know, yeah, all that no, stuff. I'm not talking about those people. I'm talking about like um, Amazonian. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. About oh, okay, Aborig- okay. No, that's okay. who I'm, I'm focusing on. I'm sorry. So I'm sorry. if you okay. if you go down to the Navajo in uh, in New Mexico, right, in Arizona, the essential or in the the Indians that lived in you know these th- that area, right, a more desert climate, just north of Mexico, south, you know, the Rockies don't you know cut through just part of it. Their culture and a lot of people's tribal culture, which was much of the world had remained static for centuries. Mm, And mm -hmm, it mm -hmm. isn't unless you have mega cities like uh, an 1800s New York or London or Paris. That's why, like, people talk about the Paris fashions in the 1800s, right? And to be a Yankee doodle dandy means you dress like a Frenchman um, on the streets of New York, which was funny to see a Yankee doodle dandy, a dandy walking around with his powdered wig and quaffed, you know, whatever, and all the feather in his cap and all that stuff. Um, but at the same time, the uh, I, I guarantee you, once you get out from city centers, you have 
more the further you are from urban change and and urban centers are always places of trade you have a more a, a slower type of culture you have the rural culture right do you think a farmer is walking around now maybe his wife will have uh the fanciest garment they own might be inspired by french fashion in rural massachusetts but a farming family an agricultural family isn't keeping up with the trends like uh the professional class in the city right because that shit's expensive until textiles come way down in price in the late 1800s that shit's expensive right so mm-hmm. you look at these things and so that that's the crazy thing is like the way you know you go from that to h&m having 52 seasons of clothing every week is a new season and they get rid of the clothes out of their stores and put a whole new lineup fast fashion and so it's just crazy like that's a consumer mentality and it's it's brutal i think it's brutal I no, I, I do too because I, I think when and this has been happening for a while and there's always been like popular trends or things like that but when basically what happens to you when your diet is sugar right it kills you now it's not like oh, sugar is inherently bad it can be a really good thing we have um, bakeries have been making things with sweets for hundreds and um, thousands of years like those are but it's like you can't um, live off of that it's it's it it's too much and I. I just sometimes I really just stop and think like this is um, it's it's surprisingly hard to um, I, I guess here here is my question so if you all agree this is bad what do we do I, I I do think there's actually something kind of unique like to like when I look back on you know we we're talking earlier about 2009 2010 11-12 um, for me, where I probably found the most culture was through podcast, and I actually mean that in a, like a really positive, good way. Like this show doesn't exist without that era. There's just there's no way. Um, I mean, and it uh, it was through podcast that you kind of cut through. I think some of that. Um, mass appeal to find things that specifically spoke to your interest, things that. Um, um, you kind of broke through the sort of like, uh, how do I put this conspicuous consumption almost where part of the enjoyment of it is being seen doing it. So, or being no, or participating. It was just this, I, it was a real beautiful thing to about like, like you kind of saw this comedy boom that happened around then. A lot of that is due to people having podcasts and be able to and be able to find these things that just you weren't finding anywhere else. It had to, that I think one of the reasons why shows like WTF and the Nerdist Podcast were so popular was because they were speaking to the core of who people were. They were cutting through all of the sugar. Now there was some dumb stuff on there. I mean, half the podcast stuff is just half of um, the Nerdist Podcast is just dumb, dumb jokes. But there are passions. There are there are interests there are voices that really come through on um on those podcasts that is actually i think very hard to do now with a lot of mass made media in terms of having a distinct voice a distinct style it's it's there but it's um this is something that i think scorsese is really pushing against uh and i or trying to i'm fighting against and i as much as i don't agree with him I because I, I think I think having both I think is completely fine. Having both is completely fine. And I I don't to me it's a both and. I don't understand why we have to why does it have to be either Goodfellas or um Endgame? Why not both? But 
what sucks is is that uh, because Endgame is what is what makes money at at the theaters. That's all right. Like if you look at the up upcoming like, movies for the next three years, it's kind of depressing. It's it's like this isn't what I really want. I don't want um, just a, like an onslaught of nostalgia, um, pop culture, fran franchises, and more extended universes. And but that's kind of all we've got. So it's like, so like, what do you do? What do you do? Do you just watch old stuff? Speaking of which, I saw Avatar two. I went on a Why? date with my wife. Why? Uh, because I wanted to go on a date with my wife. That's fair. That's fair. And I didn't know what else to watch. I could have <laughs> watched like, that movie Smile. Yeah, honey, yeah. you know what I know that you love Avatar. We just went to this long talk from two people from college that I wasn't interested in seeing. Yeah, no, it's fine. Don't worry about it. You're a big James Cameron fan. Hey, she had a great time at Scott Hahn and (laughs) No, how was Avatar 2? So it's three hours, three and a half hours long, three hours and ten minutes long. Uh, It it, it honestly, I know people say stuff like this all the time, but it really could have been about two hours, two and a half. Yeah. And still not miss anything. It's almost like they know they're so good with what they're doing that they film a lot of, like, look at how awesome this alien whale looks. And let's like another shot of this alien whale just swimming. And you're like, oh, my gosh. I get it. I get it. I even paid for the expensive screen. I didn't do 3D. But uh, I can't do 3D. 3D annoys me. Like it I've doesn't... heard that this th- – that... I've heard that this film, though, in 3D IMAX, it, like with the high frame rate in 3D IMAX and the sound is absolutely incredible. So I saw the first Avatar in 3D IMAX, and it was incredible. I just don't like 3D. It, like, gives me a headache. So I'm just – it just – No, 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 no. no. I'm, I'm, I'm just like – only reason why, yeah, why I, I bring it up is like they're not encouraging you to go. I'm not saying that you were wrong. Is that that is – because they've made such improvements on 3D – it was this really interesting po- a podcast I heard. Uh, I was like uh, against the bulwark or something like that. Some podcasting and on film, and they were t- they were talking about how a, a lot of the stuff that makes people like sick. What you had experienced was it wasn't actual real three D. It was cheap and I'm a fastly made three three D, yep. and that's why you feel like shit after you're, you're done watching it. And it's advanced so much now that it that's not as much of a, of a problem. Um, I don't know. I don't. I've never been a fan of 3D. You know, if someone goes and sees it and says, "Oh my gosh, I've seen it both ways," you have to see it in 3D. It's like a totally different movie than maybe. But the the things that throw me off are the like the the stupid things Hollywood thinks real people do that make no sense except it just forwards the like we need to get this teenage character away from his protective father i know let's have him make a bunch of irrational bad mistakes that's what teenagers do you know like those things that are like so over the top you're like really yeah really yeah, yeah. and it's just the only reason why it happens is because you know there's a there, because we need to forward the plot but there's a great um oh what was it college humor or one of those types of things where it said uh, Hollywood doesn't know how real people act and they have this or real people think or whatever. And they do like they remake movie scenes it's like, well, well, there's a serial killer on the loose. So I'm going to go into the basement. And it's like, no, I'm going to lock the basement. I'm going to turn the lights on in every room in the house. And then I'm going to call the cops and go wait at the police station. You know, like yeah. that's what I'm going to do if someone's serial killer is coming for me. I'm going to get my gun like a responsible adult. 
like a real pop, American. Pop. Pop, and, pop. And, well, and I think, so I, I've heard that um, I'm refusing to go see Avatar 2, though I kind of want to. 1.5 billion. It made 5 billion. billion. It did. Uh, I hate everyone and everything. He has I hate to make everything. 2 billion to break even. So I'm going to look it up right now. How and I, I, much? I respect, like, I... I, and I have heard when you see because it's and one of the things that's tough is like a lot of these a lot of these like, theaters aren't telling you which one's the one with the like the right sound the because there's like some uh, okay man I wish we had time to do some real 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 uh, real research um, most films I believe are shot on a 24 frame rate yeah this one's at a 48 if you see it correctly and it can throw it can be a bit jarring because our brains have just accepted this is what a movie looks like. But to see this the way you that it's originally intended is in the it's in the forty eight frame rate or um, whatever in three D with some Dolby sound thing and maybe some other like imaging and it's supposed to feel like it's just right in front of your face like one hundred percent real it's got none of the blurry stuff it's like none of the shades there's nothing there's no I mean I think you wear three D glasses but there's I mean, I mean in terms of like it doesn't look because I remember like Avatar was I remember thinking it was cool at times but it still had that like uh, um, darkness that I don't like about three D that's my big thing is like it just looks dark yeah okay and it totally. looks it looks unnecessarily dark and that if you see it in the way that it's meant to be seen it doesn't look that way at all and it's just, it's just People are just like, this is one of the most incredible things I, I have, like, ever watched. My whole thing about it is, like, yeah, but I don't care about that if the story sucks. And I guarantee you the story sucks because that's the whole thing of Avatar is that it looks cool. It's fun. The story is beyond stupid. And there are some fun action films that that's the case, which is kind of a problem now, too, where it's like the story sucks. But there's something about the movie in terms of the characters or the writing that make up for it, which is why it's, it is enjoyable. With Avatar, it's just it's not even necessarily with what's happening on screen, per se, as much as it's how it looks on screen. And I have zero interest in that. I don't even care if the like if the if the action if like the plot sucks and the, and the story sucks, but the action is cool. I'm fine with that. That's every action movie. You've, you know, it's almost every action film that's ever been released. Yeah. I'm not okay with like the action is well, but the image on the screen, the way it looks, is really cool. So that's I'm like that's that can be that can be ten that can be ten minutes. That's that's <laughs> that's the amusement park ride that James Cameron is, is talking about. That what? Yeah. And he blames the MCU, which I don't. I guess I could to a certain extent, but I actually think that's what James. I mean, he's just I'm selling a ride. And I have no interest in that. I just, I hate that. I genuinely hate that. I hate that this is probably costing me a Coen Brothers movie. That I have to go watch them on, on, on Netflix now. I hate that. Yeah. It's the most expensive movie ever made, the, which beat Pirates of the Caribbean on Stranger Tides, which previously held that. Um, golly, it's made $1.4 I hate everything. And it, and it still hasn't made money for Disney. I hate everything. I just, I don't, like, this is what I mean by I think this sort of lack of culture is actually a problem because it's just, everything's an experience. Yeah. And, and I will say meaning. the story it drives is me nuts. The story is completely stupid. Of course it is. Like, I don't mind if a dumb action film doesn't have a good plot because it's a dumb action film. And that's kind of the point. Like, yeah. Some, like that's not like again. If you just want some fun, like if you want an ice cream on Sunday, that's great. Not everything has to be this uber dramatic yeah. deep thing. But I, um, 
I just hate that that's that that it's that it's all it is now. I, I and I, it doesn't add value. It doesn't make me a better person. Is it? Um, it doesn't reshape how I think about the world or provide me like. I, do you know how often I think about inside Lewin Davis? Probably like once, at least once a month. You I think, think about of what inside um Lewin Davis, like Coen Brothers film from 2014 about uh, the folk singer. It's so good. It's so so good. It's one of my. It's probably. It's probably like my favorite um, a movie of of all time. I adore that film. Okay, and it it has profoundly like impacted my life in terms of how I think about things. And I like I did an hour. Um, this, is a, this is another rant. I did an hour of YouTube thing for people on our on our Patreon where I I analyzed one scene in the end of of, of the sixth episode of Mad Men from the first um seasons, the uh, Waters of Babylon scene where they play. We said like uh, something that we said on that's from Psalm one um, one number thirty seven, and they play it in the background as like Don's with his one girlfriend at the he's over at uh, Greenwich Village and um, Peggy and um, sorry not Peggy uh, Joan and Roger are at this hotel and it's like this and it hit me I was listening to this one um lecture on the ancient Israelites and it hit me why they chose that song and it like. That actually was a great reflection for me in my own life, and it, like I would argue, made me a better person ever so slightly. And that's what I want from the bulk of pop culture, the pop, the bulk of culture that I consume. I want it to add value. I want it to like add meaning to my life and that of the people that are in my life. I don't think Avatar does that. Sometimes you just want a dumb thing, and that's totally fine. But when this is all, when all we have is Avatar. And this is the only big thing that's out. The only thing yeah. that matters. And this is hailed as like the greatest thing. I'm like, what are we? What are we doing? Like, what like, are we doing? Like, what to quote? I'm Dumb and Dumber. What the hell are we doing, Harry? So what if? What if this is our cultural movie? What's ten, thirteen years from the first? What? No, I refuse. I refuse. It what is if not. it is though? It, no, it's not because it has no. I no no. I will fight this with every inch of my being. It says nothing. It means nothing. It's a, it's a ride that looks fun. So is Endgame? No, but Endgame at least has characters that you are somewhat attached to. There's uh, some I sort am of totally attached to. Wait, what's her name? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Like Endgame for how dumb it is, and it's dumb. It's. There's at least a little bit of like, there's, I mean, like, there's something there to it. You know what I mean? Like, like, and, and again, it's not like, like, okay, I would say, what's, I'm trying to think of like, what is like a sugar thing that you like eat and it's like really good and then it like is gone in like five um, seconds? Like the cotton candy or oh, like yeah. one of those, like, it's one of those, like, you know, those things that come in a um, straw filled with sugar and you just like drink it, uh, you eat it really, really fast. Uh huh. That's oh, what Avatar That's like, like Avatar is a pixie stick. I do not want my culture to be filled with only pixie sticks. No, no, no. Avatar is a fun dip where you have the little sugar spoon and you yes. shove the sugar in your mouth and then you eat the spoon. It's so interactive. Endgame is like a <laughs> Snickers. Like fine, it's a little bit better than that. <laughs> it's you know got what I mean? some protein. In it's there. like a, it's slightly better. So you're 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 you're. you're I can tell that you're tired. We've done the hour. I am tired, but that's only because huh, I hear you talking about Coen Brothers movies, and it just bores me. Gosh, I'm just kidding. 
So I haven't seen this movie inside Lou and Davis. Oh, you need to Lewin see please, Davis. please, please. Is this please one of the weird it. Cohen movies? Yes, yes, please. I'm begging you. I, I would know. It a is, week it, in the life of a young singer as he navigates the Greenwich Village folk scene of 1961. 100%. Watch this effing film. It is one of the, it I is, do love Oscar Isaac. It and is, John Goodman. It is. And Terry Mulligan. They used to do one for us, one for yeah. them. That is their one for us, but it's not inaccessible. Mm. But it, it definitely, you have to, re, like, they are saying some stuff in this film. And it is, it, I, I think their films are all pretty much exploring the same idea, which is what does it mean to be a man? Um, this film puts that right in front of your face. Um, it is not a film about folk singers, although that's the, to I guess be somewhat of a, I don't know, pun intended, the avatar that they use to tell their tell their story. <laughs> and that's there. There is an artist thing, too. There is an artistic element to the film, but it's that's uh, on a very, very deep level. It's just asking, what does it mean to be a man? Okay. I mean, at one point in time, there was a character who, like, holds up a cat and goes, where is its, where is its scrotum? Where is its scrotum? Like, it's, I mean, that's how, like, in their face yeah. they are about it. Okay. Uh, thumbs up, thumbs down. I'm going to go through from oldest to newest Cohen Brothers movies. Okay. Okay. I just clicked Ethan Cohen on uh, IMDb. You tell me if they're good or bad. Okay. Okay. Blood Simple, 1984. Uh, have, have, not, uh, have not watched it yet. Okay. So that, I felt like that would be the most obscure. Uh, Raising Arizona. I've watched um, half yeah, of I that. I love that movie. That movie's yeah, hysterical. I've never, I, well, I've, I've, it's... I've watched. I want to say I've actually watched the whole thing. I, I just don't remember. I think I may. I yeah. think I don't remember the last half. So Miller's Crossing, thumbs up. Barton Fink, thumb thumbs up. Take some work. Okay, take some work on the audience's behalf to get yeah. into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah. Hudsucker Proxy, thumbs up. It's but it is quirky. It's really you have to. It's I. I would. A naive business graduate is installed as president mm-hmm. of a manufacturing company Tim as Robbins. part of a stock yeah, scam. I, yeah, I'm going to say thumbs down only because I think like you need to be if you have a if you liked Napoleon Dynamite the first time you saw it without any mm-hmm. of the hype, you might like that. But okay, you, you, I like you, that. Yeah. Okay. Fargo, thumbs up, way up, way up. That's incredible. The Big Lebowski, Th- thumbs up. Yeah. Well, you better the dude. Uh, Oh brother, where art thou? Uh, that is thumbs up. Not not. That's probably in, on the lowest thumbs up for me. Would, would oh be that man, one. I loved it. No, it's it's good. I just it's not like um, I don't know for, okay, for whatever. Down reason. from the mountain, year two thousand, same year as Oh brother, where art thou? I have not watched that. The man who wasn't there, two thousand one. Have not watched that. Where the girls are, two thousand three. Have not watched that. Okay, this is it looks like a rom com, Intolerable Cruelty, starring George Clooney and what's her name, uh, Catherine Zeta Jones. I've seen that. I do not remember. I have seen the cover of that. I have never watched that because it looks dumb. Uh, Bad Santa. He was a he no. Produced. That that could be stuff that like he, they. I would do Coen He's Brothers the films. Producer. They may have like written like a, they may have done some script work or other things like. Okay, like that. the Lady Killers. Uh, uh, I haven't seen that. Uh, that's with Tom Hanks. Mm-hmm. Rob a casino. <laughs> oh, I, that does look funny. Okay. Uh, the lady killers, uh, romance and cigarettes. He was the executive producer. No, that's, that's, that's not a Coen Brothers film. Okay. No country for old men. Um, thumb- did you watch that? Yes. Yes. I would say thumbs up. It's, that's one of theirs for them that I can leave. 
and be so that's of, such a critically acclaimed yes. movie. And yes. when I watched it, I was like, I feel hopeless. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Burn after reading. Thumbs up. I loved Burn After Reading. Okay. A Serious Man. Thumbs way, way up, although that takes some work. Okay. It is depressing. It is depressing. Oh, really? Yeah. It's basically the book of Ecclesiastics. A Midwestern physics teacher watches his life unravel over multiple sudden incidents. Though seeking meaning and answers amidst turmoils, he seems to keep sinking. It's the book of Ecclesiastics put, put to film. Not Job? What do you mean not 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 it's Job? It's not Job. It's Ecclesiastes. Um, like Job, there's one guy suffering more and more. And it might be. It, it might be Job too. Yeah. So I was thinking more of like just what's the point of life kind of thing. Yeah. Vanity of vanities. Okay. Yeah. True Grit, 2010. Um, uh, for me, it's a bit more. I'm going to say thumbs down only because like I lo- I like it. I have never gone back to it. So I love True Grit, and I've gone back to it several times. But you love it because I mean the three it's main great. actors, the actress. And then uh, what's his name? Jeff Bridges. Uh, and then Jeff Bridges and Matt Damon. And Matt Damon. Matt Damon is a Matt perfect Damon. asshole. And then inside Lewin Davis. Which Thumbs you love. way way up. Hail Caesar. Thumbs up. I that is that is their take on the on the New Testament. It is something else. The Ballad of Buster Scruggs. Thumb thumbs up. I I thought that was uh, okay. There's a lot there that um, I, I I would like to go back to it a little bit more, but I I really enjoyed it. Okay, so speaking to our audience, what is the top three movies they need to watch? Um, so if, if they've never seen a single one, start with Fargo. That's the most, yeah. ex- it's, and it's where their highest quality and their most accessible film. Mm-hmm. I would do. I would start with Fargo. Then I would do No Country for Old Men. Well, no, no, no. Scratch that. Start with Fargo. Um, the Big Lebowski. I'm a little bit hesitant, only because of some of the sex stuff in that. But I think just go if you can. If you're if you can either just fast forward or kind of ig- or ignore that. Go to Big Lebowski, then do Inside Amalu and Davis. I, I would do it in that order. Or okay. you could you could you could start with Big Lebowski, then go to go to Fargo. But I think that. Um, Fargo is just so accessible and so good, and it's such a um, like you have to approach it like you would a, a really good novel in high school that you love to read. Yeah, I also liked Miller's Crossing a lot. That I actually I own that. I bought it and we watched it. I remember like, oh man, this is I, I could see like the seeds of of them and they're and they're they have a very like there's an obsession with the everyman hmm. that is um and just like. They're asking really deep questions, like what so, makes someone evil and what is yeah. this the choice and what's the purpose. And ultimately, I think if you look at the bulk of their films, the most common motif is what is a man. And I like how Oh Brother, Where Art Thou is a retelling-ish or whatever of mm-hmm. uh, the Odyssey, right? It's, and John yeah. Goodman as a Bible salesman who is the Cyclops <laughs> starts beating the hell out of him. Yeah. One and of that's, my favorite things. And it's, I mean, that's, I, I like, I like it. I think it's. Uh, to me, it's one of the one of their movies where the style tends to outweigh the substance. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think it's good. I, I think it's really good. I think. I mean, any of their stuff to me is like way better than any than like most other uh, other stuff you were going to watch. So it's gonna be it's gonna be great. But I just think I don't sit with the I I 
I sit and I um, and like wrestle with the questions posed by inside Lewin Davis inside Lewin Davis way more than I do almost any film that's that's been made. It is just it is fascinating. And and and, and it's and they have a lot of like um there there just there are a ton of layers to their stuff. Like there's a scene in Inside I'm all Lewin Davis where they're basically doing an almost just the way the characters are. It's this tiny analysis on on like on like on like thirty years of American culture on the forties and fifties and the early, early part of the sixties. And yeah. it's just the way that the characters are in the car, the way they act. It's just I mean, John I'm not I'm not spoiling anything. Like John uh John Goodman plays this like of a forties jazz musician who's just, you know, out still playing around and they have they have picked up um, Lewin Davis in, in the car and he's kind of like arguing with him. He's like, I'm talking down to him and he goes, you, like, you're like generation. You can't even die right. <laughs> and it just, it's so, it's just such a like, oh, you're just hitting it like that. Ex- it's just so interesting. The whole thing yeah. is just so, so good. Interesting. Yeah. So I would say for you, if you've, if you've, have you, have you watched Fargo? Yes. When it first came out to video. Oh gosh, how many? No, maybe not when it first came out to video, but yeah, I saw it in college time. Yeah, I would, re- I would perhaps rewatch that again, and then maybe watch Inside Lewin Davis, or just to go to Inside, because like again, if you view Inside um, Lewin uh, Davis as like you got to be willing to go deep, and it it is very rewarding the more you think about it. So if you're a pure pop culture person. Raising Arizona, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou, and I would say Fargo. Grit. No, I would include Oh Fargo in there because I think Fargo. again because like it's just their most accessible film. Like from beginning to end, I think it's the most enjoyable just as the story, the movie. Maybe you don't want to think about stuff that that they're really going to be arguing about, but if you kind of want to see some of their, I think um, what is it? Burn after reading, yeah, whatever. That's their most quirky pop culture one that is just kind of like if you like, like during off, the Iraq war with George yeah Clooney. if you like really weird off the beaten path path stuff with if you like famous people being weird and funny mm-hmm. that's a great that's it's a it's good it's really good and I do well this has been interesting man you're culturing me so I need to go watch Fargo rewatch Fargo watch Lewin Davis inside Lewin Davis yep What's inside it? inside Lewin Davis and maybe I'll do the Ballad of Buster Scruggs. Yeah, I would. The Ballad of Buster Scruggs drags a bit, and there's a. It, it, it's um, it's weird, but it's like enjoyable weird. Okay. Which so, was my nickname in high school. Yeah, if 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 you well, want, my wife just, said on our honeymoon. <laughs> yeah, it's enjoyable want, but weird. If you want, just like. Like I, I honestly, I I think again, kind of going back to this whole like one for us, one one for them thing. Just do Um Fargo and Inside Um Lou Davis. Those are their two best of of each of those of uh, those approaches. But you, you you can't go wrong with any of their with any of their films. So deal. All right, Luke. All right, this, this has been another boring episode brought to you by Luke's obsessions. Oh, my <laughs> name's Luke, and all I want to do is talk about pop culture bullshit. It's true. It's all I want to do. Someone please pay us to do that, please. <laughs> Patreon.com slash CF. Hey, if you enjoy that, there's an hour of me going on a three-minute scene from Mad Men. So it's it's on the Patreon page. That's awesome. And That's on awesome. YouTube. All right. Thank you to our fans, our supporters. You Thank guys, you, everyone. Uh, very awesome. I'm wearing the shirt right now. Uh, and the underwear. Oh, wait. Um, 
That was for me. So thank you all so much. God bless. Bye.